Hello, everybody. This is Jesse and Jerry V. And this is our podcast to give you updates about our ministry, the church planting that's going on in Italy,、uh, updates about our life, what's going on, and informing you of different ways that you can get involved in what we're doing as the Lord is working through us in Italy. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. When I first started preaching years ago, I remember it was hard to try and fill up 30, 40 minutes, something like that. And,、uh, but after being a missionary for a while, you kind of learn how to do everything on the spot, anything you need to, in season, out of season, always ready. Preach for an hour when no one else shows up. Or in this case, preach for 10 minutes when you're preparing for 30 or 40. You, know, you just got to <laughs> take the notes, th- cut them up, throw them out the window, kind of thing, and just, just run with it. <clears throat> but all glory to God. It's good, it's part of the experience. That's、uh, what keeps us on our toes, keeps us fresh.、Uh, but this is an exciting time and,、uh, to hear about what God is doing here and how all of us are involved in something beyond us that goes on even after our lives are over.、Uh, so I just want to real quickly、um, give you the,、uh, a short reflection this morning,、uh, something to think about in regards to this kind of thing church planting、um, <clears throat> and how we can be used by God for that, for that task and why.、Uh, so, first, we want to look at this verse in Matthew 16 18. I'll just jump right in because time's over already.、So. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 16 18, we hear the Lord Himself say,、um, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will build my church.、Uh, what's good here for us to hear is、uh, the reality that this is something Jesus committed to, He promised to do. I will build my church.、Uh, what it wasn't was a thought from Jesus. He didn't say, You guys、uh, get working in the meantime, and I'm going to start thinking and strategizing about if and how I want to do this. You, know, you guys just go ahead and, and get busy, and, and I'll, I'll try to figure something out. That's not what Jesus said. He simply said, I will. I'm telling you, I'm promising you, I'm doing something. I'm building my church.、Uh, the other interesting thing here we have this morning is、um, <clears throat> also we are the church, the people together, stones built, each of us a living stone put together. We are the church, being built, each of us. Day by day, the Lord is at work in our lives and our hearts, changing us, and as a body, building and shaping us, and also at this point,、uh, extending us、uh, to other parts of this area. But also, we see here in this verse、uh, the idea that not even, what do we read? Not even the gates of Hades will, will not overpower my church. And that's a reminder to us that the church of Christ is not on the defense, defensive. We're not building our walls and protecting. Intruders from coming in, but we're actually going into Satan's kingdom ourselves, into the darkness with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the light of life, Jesus Christ Himself. We are on the offense, not defense, as the church. And that's what it means to church plant. We go to a place where there is no church, and、uh, there really is no church in Conayano, no, no sound, stable church, and a lot of people. It's darkness. It's been overtaken for a long, long time, centuries, with no gospel presence. We're going into the darkness.、Uh, but a little bit of light shines a little bit brighter also in the darkness. So that's also exciting.、Uh, but real quick, we'll move to 2 Timothy. Okay, so this is the idea that the, the message title we would have today is God is building his church.、Uh, even this church and beyond from here, <clears throat> which is all we heard about all morning.、Um, but if we quick,、uh, yeah, 2 Timothy 4,、uh, just a couple thoughts here for us.、Uh, one is going to be why, why church plant? Why do we do that? We'll have a, reason, a couple reasons why we do that, why we want to be involved in that.、Uh, and then also, common、uh, scopes, purposes that we want to have and that we don't want to have. 
uh, as Christians and as Serenissima Church reaching out to start more churches. So I'll go ahead and read this, these five verses, Second uh, Timothy 4, 1 to 5, and then I'll go ahead and make a few comments and let the Lord speak to us. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Again, this is Paul to Timothy. Paul in prison in Rome, in this land called Italy, writing to a younger guy before he's about to die, passing on the important things that are, that are important to Paul, because he understands they're important to Jesus. Final commands. Uh, before it's time for you to leave, you will have important things to say. You won't talk about the cheesecake you ate the day before, or the cheese steak, if you're from Philadelphia, that you desire. You would talk about what really matters. You would pass that on to your family. And that's what Paul is doing here as he says these next words. So what's important to Paul, to Timothy, and to us is preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. So some things that we want to also have in our life. As believers, uh, well, first of all, before we go there, why do we want to plant churches? In verse 1, we see one reason that's very important why we want to plant churches, why we want to commit ourselves to what we're looking at here in Conoyano, Gemona, uh, and Atsano, uh, and these other places, is these words we see in verse 1 that says, uh, uh, I charge you in the presence of Christ, of God in Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. It reminds us there is a day of judgment that's coming. And I'm pretty convinced Paul was probably expecting to see Jesus return in his lifetime. And then as things are getting dark and cold and he's withering away and about to be killed, he's probably thinking, maybe I won't see Jesus in my lifetime. So let me make sure I write this down and pass it on to you guys. But he is coming soon either way. Jesus said, I'm coming soon in Revelation 21. And that was a long time ago. It is actually, we forget this, every day is closer and closer to his return. There will be a judgment. And it's okay for us. We've been sanctified by our faith in Jesus Christ, justified. But there's a lot of people who don't yet know the gospel. Number one reason why we want to plant churches. It's been proven churches uh, are the best way to evangelize a lost people group. The church demonstrates Jesus Christ to the world. The sacraments show Jesus Christ to the world. Communion, baptism. And from there, the word is preached on a regular basis, usually more than 10 minutes, so you get to really hear it kind of thing. But it's preached regularly. And, and people hear the word of God. And the word is alive. And it transforms hearts. People get born again, saved. And from there, uh, the church grows and more people get reached. These are reasons why we want to be involved in church planning. Uh, not to mention Jesus already promised he is building his church. He wants to build his church. Uh, if we're here today, it's not by accident. It's not coincidence. You're not, Jesus is not part of your life program. You are part of his life program. We all have dreams and desires, but as Christians, we say, my dreams aren't that important, but the dream of Jesus Christ, that is important to me. And he dreams of his church united and reaching lost people. Jesus himself came and paid the cost to seek and save the lost. That's what he does. That's what Christians do as we follow him. We pay the cost to see lost people come to meet Jesus and know salvation. Amen. 
so that's reasons why we want to preach or why we want to be involved in church planning. Now, how we go about it, these are some things we want to have. We want to be preaching the word. And some of you today may think, uh, preach the word, yet yeah, that was for Timothy, you know. Tim, not me. <laughs> uh, I used to say that too, but the reality is, if you're a disciple, you're also a fisher of men. And one thing you do is, by God's grace, you open your mouth and you let things come out about the word of God. How do you do that? This involves our saturation of the Word of God. We're in the Word of God on a regular basis, hearing it, reading it, praying. And next thing you know, when opportunities uh, open before us, the Word of God can come out. You don't need to be a preacher to preach the gospel. You need to be a Christian to be able to preach the gospel because you have the Holy Spirit in you, and He makes you do things on your own you couldn't normally do. That's the important thing. Uh, So preach the gospel. Be involved in it. Desire for other people to hear it. Ask God to use you, and you'll be surprised at how much he will actually use you, even your mouth, if you don't feel like you can. Uh, But he says here about preaching uh, the word, be ready in season and out of season. Again, that idea, be saturated, be in the word on a regular basis. Are you reading the word? Do you love the word? Do you desire the word? Is that what you read in the morning, what you read at night, what you're constantly meditating upon? If you are, it'll start to come out. What's in the heart is what comes out. Uh, In season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. These are the things that make preaching interesting and exciting. We're not called like some preachers to just say all the good stuff and forget all the bad stuff. We need to tell the truth, the whole truth, yeah, and let people know their bad condition. You're a a sinner. You really are. And though it looks good, your life, the reality is, yes, you're not the prodigal son who ran away and got high on drugs and went with prostitutes, but you're not close to the father either. You're the other son, and you think you're okay without Jesus. That might even be worse Because the guy who ran away, he knows what he did is wrong and it's silly and it's sinful. Uh, But we need to point out people's sin, their need for salvation. That's a part of preaching the gospel. Um, Not letting people think they're okay. Exhort with great patience and instruction. It takes patience. And that's one thing I learned as a missionary is when you say something, you communicate the gospel, what's understood is often is something else. And it takes patience and endurance and you got to say it again in another way. And next time you got to repeat it. It takes a while sometimes to get into our hearts, into our heads. We are human after all and a bit hard-headed. Um, <clears throat> and then things we want to not have, this idea of reaching Coneano and in these other cities and seeing this church multiply, uh, things we don't want is what we read in verse 3 and 4. Uh, this time that was coming when people would not endure sound doctrine. We want to endure sound doctrine. Uh, sometimes sound doctrine costs us a little bit. It's hard. It's difficult to swallow. I like Jesus like this. I don't want him like that. I've heard many times uh, the God I believe in would never do something like that. Well, the Bible says he does do something like that sometimes. He is sovereign. He does have a plan that's beyond our understanding. Sometimes illnesses that we have fall into God's plan. And that we look at Galatians, for example. Paul had a terrible eye infection. Some people would say God would never cause an eye infection to someone. Well, he kind of let one happen there. But because of that, a lot of people got to hear the gospel. And if I was God, I would never have put Paul in prison in Rome. I would have said, this is probably the best missionary besides Jesus that ever walked the earth. Get this guy out, get him free, let him preach the gospel all day long and, you know, give him good food to eat and everything. Uh, Let him get out there. But God said, no, I kind of want him in prison. That's what's best for Paul today. And because of that, we have 2 Timothy that we're reading today in 2016 as we're reaching out to start other churches and getting insight. God has ways we don't understand, but his ways are perfect and good. These people accumulate for themselves. Uh, They like their ears tickled. They like to hear what sounds good. Paul warns about people like this. But people like this are you and me. All of us like to hear things that sound good. 
We want the, the comfortable life. We want the easy life, the blessed life, the good life. Uh, we don't like to hear things that are hard to swallow. Um, but here he warns about people actually gather for themselves teachers to tell them what they want to hear, the easy stuff, the good stuff, but not the truth. Uh, don't be like that, he says. These people turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. What does that mean? The Bible they kind of forget about. What happened in Konoyano? At one time, they had a Bible and they read it. But as the centuries went on, the Bible got put aside. And now they've been hearing false truths all their lives. Uh, the Bible has been lost. We want to be in the Word constantly. Uh, it's part of what we want to, to, see, to see churches planted. Uh, and then lastly, in verse 5, there's a bunch of good things in, in this verse for us also. Things that we want to have. Uh, if we want on that day to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. These are the kind of things you want to acquire in your life. You want these things to develop in your life and in your hearts. And Paul says to Timothy, he says, but you, okay, they do that. They accumulate teachers for themselves. They accumulate people who will tell them what they want to hear. But you, and he's saying, but you, you need to decide to go against the current. You need to decide to follow Jesus, the way of Jesus, to commit yourself to the truth, to the word of God. That is our call, to decide. Jesus had a call, and it was to go to the cross. In the Bible we read, in the gospel, he was determined, fixed his eyes on the cross and went straight for it. We need to be like that also in our walk with Jesus. Fix our eyes on the truth, on doing what is right, and, and stick to it. And then he says also, be sober in all things. Be sober in all things. He's not talking so much about don't drink too much whiskey if you're American from Texas. No, no, no Jack Daniels if you're from Tennessee. He's not talking about that so much. That should be obvious to a believer. If you've been born again, you should realize certain things help you love Jesus better. Certain things make your vision blurry. You know, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, but be sober-minded is the idea. What does it mean to be sober-minded? You need a, a, a biblical view of who God is, a good understanding of the sovereignty of God, that he is at work in all things in your life. Even the struggle that you're going through today, the difficult thing that you're going through today, is part of God's perfect plan for you. You need a sober view of who God is. Uh, he's using all those things. Otherwise, we can't take verses like Romans 8 that say God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, but if he is working all things together, that means even the difficult things you don't understand in your life today, those are part of God's plan for you today. And that's good. It's helpful for you. It's forming you into who you need to be. Um, what else do we see here? Endure hardships. Endure suffering, other translations say. Paul tells Timothy, endure hardships. And he's not just a theory or an idea. He's in prison. As he writes it in Rome, it's dark, it's cold. He's enduring hardship. Jesus endured hardship. And now it's time for you also and me to endure hardship. Uh, we also see Paul mention earlier in this letter, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ and endure suffering. I don't know if it's safe to mention, but Ken is actually a Navy SEAL. I don't know if you could talk about that with Air Force and Navy SEAL. I don't know how that works. But I do know he used to be able to rip hearts out of people's live bodies, pull it out, and show it to them. I don't know. Uh, they, they told me about it anyway. It must be true. I heard about it. <clears throat> but not just the plumber. He could actually rip hearts out of it. I'll show it to you while you're still looking at it kind of thing. <clears throat> uh, but endure hardship. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight, Paul also says in other times. Uh, these are things we want to have. Our tendency, if you're honest, if I'm honest, is hardship comes, and we do anything we can to get away from hardship. We run the other way. We want hardship out of our life. We want the easy path. It's not the way of the disciple of Jesus Christ. We endure it. We embrace it. We hug that hardship 
from our God, God's hands. Uh, also, though, backing up just a second, the idea of uh, a sober mind also has to do not with a sober view of God, a healthy view of God, but also of this world. This world will not offer you what you want it to offer you. It is fallen. Everything is a little bit stained and distorted in our world. Nothing is quite right as it should be. That's why we look to Jesus. That's why we yearn for his coming back when things will finally be made fully right. Uh, And then you also need a sober view of yourself, humanity. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. We are fallen creatures, but we are also made new by the grace of God, indwelt by the Spirit of God, and we can do things that before we couldn't do. We can fight the good fight. We can endure that suffering. We can embrace that cross. We can preach the gospel, even if you're timid. I'm timid. And now I preach the gospel, and I kind of like it. I've learned to enjoy it. You can do all things now. Uh, So that's part of a sober mind also. Lastly, he says, do the work of an evangelist. Some of you might be evangelists here today. Some of you probably not. Uh, In the Bible, in Acts, we only read of one guy who was an evangelist, Stephen. And he was a really good evangelist. God used him, but he also didn't even live long. He kind of was out of the scene kind of quick, taken out. Um, But we're all evangelists in some sense. We're all called to, to testify of the gospel, to preach the gospel, to be involved, to help other people reach uh, other people with the gospel. So we're all disciples and, and fishers of men. That all goes together. You just need to know what your role is. Know who you are. How can you help in that? Ask the Lord, how can I help in that, that call to get the gospel preached, to see people evangelized? Uh, we all play a part of that, and it's a community effort. All of us together do it. The guy who preaches the gospel usually is a bit odd and weird, and he needs a normal person who looks good next to him so people will listen kind of thing. They kind of go together. Am I right? (laughs) I think it's how it is. That's why God gave me a a good-looking wife who's nice and fun, (laughs) and I just kind of talk, and nobody cares. Fulfill your ministry is the last thing. Uh, Fulfill your ministry. Uh, This is not just Timothy that has a ministry, not just Paul, but you, all of you and me, we all have our own personal ministry, a sphere of influence, if you will. we all have a ministry. And lastly, as we close out, real quick, we'll just look at Acts 20, verse 24. What is this pers- personal ministry or service that we all have in common? Something we want to have, know, and do? Acts 20, verse 24. Again, Paul the Apostle saying these words. <clears throat> he says, But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself. Jesus this morning wants you to say the same thing. He wants your heart to be aware of this reality that your life doesn't belong to you, that you're not here for your own purposes. Though God blesses you, cares for you, wants you to enjoy him and enjoy the life he's given you, that's all true. But he's also called you to something more, to giving yourself for the kingdom. Uh, He wants you to say like Paul does here. He wants me to say it. I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself. Is your life dear to you this morning? Is it precious to you? And he says, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus. What I want is to finish my course. And where is Paul now in Timothy? I'm finishing the course. I'm about to pour out my blood, he says. My time has come. I fought the fight. I finished my race. These are Paul's last words. Jesus finished his course. He says, it is finished. It is finished. We want to be able to say that when we come to the end of our life also. But he says here, interesting, this is the thing we have in common, all of us, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Your ministry in life, my ministry in life, our ministry is 
to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. To testify of the grace of God. And real quick, what does that mean, to testify solemnly to the grace of God? I think there's three things that we can take from this today. Uh, As we think about wanting to testify of the grace of God, uh, we need to know the gospel. If you don't know the gospel, talk to somebody afterwards. It's time for you to know the gospel, what it is, what is that good news, what does it mean to be a Christian. Uh, If you are a Christian, remember that good news, remember Jesus Christ, and live in that gospel. Find your identity in Jesus Christ, in the gospel. Uh, your meaning in life is not work. Your meaning in life is not success. Your meaning in life is not money and fame. Your meaning in life is Jesus Christ, fulfilling your ministry, fulfilling your service. Uh, So know the gospel and live in it. Let that tell you who you are, your identity. And secondly, uh, this testifying of the gospel, the grace of God, would be showing this gospel to other people, letting it be evident in your life. Like a light, let yourself shine. It was really neat to hear of uh, how... Danny is uh, in Conayano. He helps people with their cars. He fixes their cars for free. And at the, the group gathering Friday night, there was a couple there as a result of him um, helping them fix their car. He demonstrated the gospel to them. And then next thing you know, they come to the group, and I'm preaching the gospel, and they're hearing it, and their heads are moving up and down. It seems like it went well, like God was moving in their life. Um, show the gospel. Do good stuff. Don't just behave well. That's important, too, but do good stuff. Once in a while, just spontaneous, you know, like we should love our husband or wife once in a while, just do something nice, buy a canola or something for your wife, you know, like I try to do once in a while. Do something nice. Once in a while, I just do something without reason for somebody else. Just be a blessing like Jesus has been to us. Uh, and lastly, testifying of the gospel, the grace of God could be the opening of your mouth, preaching, asking God, give me an open door. Let, let, let me speak on your behalf also, Jesus. And I've found it in my my missionary career hasn't been that long, only about nine years, but I found there's something really special about talking about Jesus, about that moment when you get to actually expound the gospel for somebody. It's that unique moment in life when if Jesus would come back right then in that moment, you would have no regrets at all, no regrets. Instead, any other thing we're doing, maybe there would be some regret. Like, eh, you know, it wasn't bad what I was doing. I was doing a good service or something. But there's something special about talking about Jesus that just doesn't compare. Jesus gets back, and you're talking, "Ah, Jesus, I was just talking about you. Hey, (laughs) all right. Like, you have no regrets. You you fulfilled your purpose. Um, So that's my prayer for us, that we consider those things. Uh, Why church planning? Because Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will build my church. Uh, How? Keep these things in mind that Paul said to Timothy because he says them also to us. The Lord did these things for us. He endured the cross. He, uh, all the things we just read that I can't remember now. He did them all. Jesus did them. And now he's calling you and he's calling me. Follow me. Do the same. I will build my church and you will see it. God bless us. Amen. Thanks again for listening. For more information about our church planting ministry in Italy, you can visit us at practicalmissions.com. Thanks again. God bless. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, 
you love the Italian people, you love the Church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.